This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello everyone, welcome to another podcast session, Markets Monday by the Kenyan Wall Street and HISA team. Markets Monday is a podcast that we usually um, have a look on, on on what happened on the market last week and probably if there's anything that's happened over the weekend that we need to know about that's likely to affect the stock market this week. Uh, today I'm joined by financial analyst um, Davis Kadinji and I'm also joined by uh, Erika Suma, who's uh, the CEO at Hisa Technologies and also a co-founder of the Kenyan Wall Street. Uh, so maybe we just move it right in. Davis, your opening remarks before we start. Um, well, uh, hi everyone. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, looking forward to this session, talking about the markets and um, hopefully the prospects that uh, we're looking forward to going forward. Yeah. Awesome. Eric? Uh, hi guys. Uh, Happy to be happy, happy to be in today's podcast. Uh, looking forward to sharing insights and uh, what's happening across the market. Awesome. Now maybe we just dive into the NSC and then um, tear it up front, starting from the indices. The last week we we saw the NSC all share index and the twenty five share index gain. However, we saw the twenty share index, uh, which you know um, I always think the twenty share index has a little bit of significant impact on mostly in terms of foreign investors who are coming in onto the market. Uh, it's the second week we are seeing the NSC posting a, a week-on-week decline, uh, the NSC 20 share index posting a week-on-week decline. Uh, what, 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 what are your thoughts, gentlemen? I really want to know what, what you're thinking about this. Um, is there concerns or we believe that the NSC is good as long as the all share index is, is rising? Uh, maybe Eric can start us off. Interesting. Uh, I think we are still uh, early in the year. Uh, it's, still, it's still early to tell, but I, I think uh, we, we, we might see some sort of uh, uh, revival in the market that might go up in the long run. So I think we are, we are still early in the year to tell, but uh, I'm still optimistic the market will, will go up this year. Awesome. So uh, by that, we basically believe things are going to be right. I think. Um, what, what Eric is really putting is, remember last week when we spoke about the markets being a little bit, the markets have been trading at discounted prices for a very long time. We're likely to see a little bit of, of, of review on an upward uh, review of, of most of these prices in the coming weeks. Right, Eric? Yes. Yes. And particularly, I think uh, what's interesting is that turnover, I think, in the last week was a bit higher. Interesting. Yes, yes. yes. I, I, I know. I know that's something that Davis want to talk about. Davis, your take on the turnover for the exchange? Um, well, I genuinely believe that actually these indices, a lot of them have actually bottomed, but bottomed out. Um, while there are pretty dim prospects, especially when the COVID pandemic set in, and in light of the fact that even prior to that we were in a bear market for uh, a long period of time, uh, looking at foreign inflow data, especially throughout uh, January, foreign inflows not particularly to the NSC, but rather in Africa in general, I can generally see a, a trend um, as foreigners are putting more and more 
money into our market. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, movement, especially on counters such as Safaricom, of course, offering the most liquidity. And so I believe going forward that there will be a recovery, that turnover will continue to increase. Um, and actually, in light of that regard, I'm reminded of uh, the new system that the NSC is putting in place. Uh, maybe we'll touch on that a bit later. But yeah, um, seeing the cost-cutting measures that are taking effect that we're hoping will actually trickle down to the rest of market participants, to the rest of uh, people who actually buy and trade. As we know, one of the biggest hindrances to investments in the NSC is uh, just the costs. You know, like before you even um, make a profit, you have to realize that between 4 and 5% is what you need to make, you know, because of getting into a position and getting out. Yeah, so I genuinely believe that in light of these factors, in light of the world economy opening up, in light of um, <laughs> how highly valued foreign stocks are, a lot of capital will be flying into um, developing nations seeking to get higher rates of return. And so possibly that could lead to more and more increased turnover and yeah, good prospects going forward. Interesting. Uh, for those of you who are wondering about the foreign data last week, Last week we had foreign investors uh, on the NSC hold a net selling position. They accounted for 46.8% of total market purchases and about 625 of the total market sales that happened uh, during last week's session on the, on the Nairobi Securities Exchange. Uh, maybe now we move a little bit on to the stocks, uh, picking on select stocks. Uh, Davis, when we had a conversation with you, and I know we also had a conversation with Eric about this, we believe that Safaricom had, had already reached a, a new all-time high, yeah. but we're seeing Safaricom uh, making new new highs all the time. Last yeah. last week, Safaricom actually traded at 37.20 um, at some point on the market, though it eased later on in the week. Uh, but w what are your thoughts, uh, considering this is the largest component of, of, of the Nairobi Securities Exchange in terms of capitalization? Yeah. Uh, do you think we're likely to see uh, the market continue to to take a few odds again or we should expect a, 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 a probably like a reversal uh, okay well genuinely uh, especially from some data i saw uh, recently a lot of inflows especially from foreigners this fo seems to focus on safaricom um their long-term prospects are really good with regard to the expansion into ethiopia even though that's been delayed a bit um until april also from april that about that's when we'll know um the way going forward with the Safaricom will actually win the deal with the other consortium or not. Um, but I like the fact that there's been a reversal on, for example, the MPESA charges, the, the measures that were taken to guard the country from the effects of COVID. That will increase their revenues, which of course will trickle down to the rest of us as investors. Even though the expansion into Ethiopia is really um, capital extensive, um, Still, I do believe that it is a very good counter, and that's why you're seeing a lot of foreigners in that stock. Actually, the last time I was here, I mentioned that even though it had uh, gone down a bit, maybe 2-3% on that day, that was just a short-term trend. The long-term trend will always be up. Of course, my, my personal view is that it is quite significantly valued if, it look, if you look at the um, present cash flows relative to what it's trading at. However, you have to realize that uh, these are unprecedented times. A lot of foreign stocks especially are highly valued, even way more highly valued, you know, trading at extremely high price to equity ratio, PE ratios, etc. Um, so I do believe Safaricom will continue on well going forward and yeah, it is a, as always, a good stock for the long term. 
Sorry. Uh, maybe, talk- maybe, maybe on Safaricom I can yeah. give my, my thoughts. I think we've seen a few things happen on Safaricom. One, I think Davis spoke about the new uh, connect- broker connectivity network uh, that has been put into place. Uh, first, my comment is that I think that can improve a bit the, how fast uh, we settle trades locally. I think that's positive for the market and the NSE and the, and, and the industry at large. And then on the on the interest in uh, Safaricom, I think foreign investors are, uh, are happy with the Safaricom story, uh, despite the, uh, the the Ethiopian expansion going to cost them a bit of, a bit of carpets and all that. But I think uh, in terms of how they price it, I think some time back, a uh, few months ago, Safaricom said Safaricom and Visa entered into a partnership. I know even how to put Mpesa as a standalone product, build more products around that. Yeah. I think that's coming along very well, and I think some of these foreign investors are pricing in that. Uh, then also, I think about a week or two, a city released a report oh, that yeah. downgrading Safaricom. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that uh, they, they were uncertain about the regulatory challenges. But I think Safaricom has been in this market for, for a very long time. They understand the market, uh, the relationship with the regulator has been a good one. So I don't think that should be a worry. Yeah. yeah. But uh, overall, I think uh, it's, it's more of uh, a wait and see approach. But it's uh, I see a lot of demand for the counter, particularly from the foreign investors. And yeah. given it, Safaricom is one of the few counters that uh, it's it's, it's uh, that, that I, it's one of the few counters that it's very liquid and usually attracts yeah. a lot of these foreign investors. Yeah, which is both good and bad in that it takes so much of the market. You know, sixty percent yeah, of the market. Uh, but yeah, future prospects are amazing, great, the new products that they are bringing up, yeah, those mm-hmm. are really good insights. Great, so do we call shots on Safari? Hey, it's a wait and see. Wait and see, okay everyone, remember once again what we usually say in this session is that uh, whatever we discuss here is purely for informational purposes. If you need to buy a stock, please consider financial advisor, reach out to your broker, your dealer, and do in-depth analysis and research on your own. This is not an advice to buy or sell a security. Uh, now, we've looked onto Safaricom and, and, and I wouldn't want to leave one of the blue chip companies that traded last week. East African Breweries Limited was the top gainer week on week on the NSC. Um, I'm wondering what are your thoughts, gentlemen? Um, we know the results for, for EABL were fairly flat. Um, I, I don't know what you guys think. Um, do you think that we are likely to see EABL get back to the glory that it had previously or this is a short term uh, trading prospect? Eric, we can start with you. Uh, EABL has been one of the most preferred counters by I think both institutions and uh, even foreigners. Yeah. Um, I think during, during when they released their results there was a decline, a slight decline uh, in the Kenyan market but uh, the other markets in the East African region that's TZ that's I think they saw some sort of uh, some bit of growth but I think uh, the decline in the local market in revenues can be can be attributed to, to to the lockdown the lockdowns because I think as you're aware most people weren't going out to the clubs and all that but I foresee this uh, after the vaccines come into place maybe things back come back into normal which you don't know when but I expect uh, the, the numbers to their, their, their earnings to, to to go back to where they were. 
Yeah, actually on that note, Yvial is a really good stock. I, I wish I could buy it at a hundred. <laughs> yeah, because you can imagine with all those lockdowns, uh, one of the sectors that was most impacted, of course, was the services industry, etc., bars and uh, restaurants, etc., closed. So the earnings prospects for Yvial, I was actually expecting them to be way worse uh, in light of the closure of the Akisumo plant, in light of um, all these many myriads of things that were affecting them. But interestingly, as um, Erica said, they were resilient and uh, I believe going forward, even as the economy continues to open up, uh, they will pick up. It's good that they were buoyed, in a sense, buffered by the, um, the Tanzania market, which I don't think closed down really. Life just continued as usual, which is a really good thing for them. Yeah. And, you know, well, with how strong their brand is, they have a really good moat, in a sense. They have a really good control over the market. And so going forward, I would actually pick up EABL. Uh, as much as possible, hoping that it goes down, not at the, that the company struggles, but the share price goes down so we can buy more, okay. in a sense. And, and then I also think that the main reason why EABL also rallied is because, you know, just as Eric has said, EABL is one of those companies that um, we have corporate in, in individuals, those are fund managers, and, and, and we have also foreign individuals looking onto EABL as one of the value stocks on the NSE. So when the price came down and they released their, they released their earnings, we got a lot of traction. Um, so this is one thing that retail in the individuals can learn, uh, that at any point, whenever prices go down, um, for, for mostly these companies that have a lot of fundamentals, a stronger fundamental, there's always, a little, there's always going to be um, a, a buy rush at any point when the prices go down. Because you see, in our retail market, just as we always talk about is our retail individuals will always try to run away from a stock when the prices are coming down. Um, it shouldn't be the case. It's always supposed to be a point where when prices are down, you buy. When prices are up, you sell. As long as the company is fundamentally sane. So that's possibly something we could we could part of, uh, we could part with today. Um, then finally, I, I know we've looked on, on fundamentally stable stocks. We are going to look at the banking sector as a whole, but now looking onto some stocks as well that have made news the past week. Um, we've seen Cabasid and BOC, the merger, uh, the buyout technically, it's not a merger. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Because now we are, we are looking on, on a few issues coming up um, and we're seeing investors bring in a lot of, um, what I'd say, a lot of drama uh, on, 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 the, on, on the buyout. And we're seeing for the second time, BOC has actually extended the period to, to serve the shareholders with the, with the offer statement. Uh, Eric, you've been following up on this. What's your take? I think um, some of such transactions that uh, we've seen at the NSE over the last couple of years, uh, very few have gone through. Others hit such, let's say, regulatory headways. And, uh, and really our market, as, as you're aware, um, I think no one expected uh, such a delay. Uh, but I think uh, from following up on some of the conversations with friends in the market, I think the question is, was it a fair, a fair value for the price that they were offering the takeover or was the price making sense? I think that's what's bringing the challenge now. I think I think it's going to be a major challenge. Maybe Davis can mention something onto that. Um, okay. Well, 
it's interesting how uh, years ago, maybe it was in 2005 or 2009, Mok um, is actually the one which wanted to take over Kabasi. <laughs> then now the rules have changed. I found that uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely believe the merger of the takeover will actually be a good thing um, in that the entity that will be made will be quite a significant player in both East and Central Africa. Mm-hmm. As you know, Bok um, takes up a lot of the uh, what is it? Oxygen supplies towards uh, hospitals and the like, while Kabasid is mainly centered on um, carbonated drinks, etc. And the entity that would be made, I mean, if they tried it twice, it means that they're genuinely sure that whichever entity is produced would be a really good one. It's unfortunate that they're facing a lot of hurdles. I think uh, this morning or yesterday, there was an, someone who sued to actually stop the deal until they're enumerated, something along those lines, which uh, is unfortunate. But I do believe it is a good play um, on Kabasit's part. In fact, they actually said that Bok is the one that approached them yeah. for them to be uh, acquired. So exactly. Yeah. I actually was just about to mention that. For those of you who have not seen this, there was a statement by Linda Group that actually said that they they approached Kabasid so that Kabasid can buy because they wanted to exit the East African market. Um, I believe that some of these transactions, um, I, while it, it wouldn't be in my level to give an opinion on it, but I still think that some of these transactions are good with shareholders on the loop. Um, and and I, I feel some of them are, are good as, as, as out because you'd imagine what would happen if, if Linda Group would pull out of BOC and leave the company to shareholders. I believe that the strategy that Linda Group has put in the company is, is something to look into and probably that's why they also wanted to hand it over to another probably more stable uh, organization to, to handle it. But we'll, we'll, we'll see on that how it goes. Um, so now maybe as we wrap up the session, we can probably have a brief of, of, of just how markets, of, of how other, other segments performed last week. Eric, your take on the banking sector. Um, let's start. We, we definitely have to touch on the banking sector. Every okay, guys. Okay, interesting. I think we in the coming weeks we will see a lot of activity in the banking sector given the earnings, uh, the earnings season uh, will begin. So I think uh, at the moment uh, what we saw uh, during the Q3 Q3 earnings results, I think there was a, a lot of banks reported declining numbers. Uh, think uh, nothing much changed during the fourth quarter. Right. Mm. So that trend is, I, I, I see that trend continuing in terms of uh, declining earnings, but then uh, hopefully that might pick up uh, probably from uh, when they begin reporting their Q1, Q2 yeah. and forward. Actually on that note, you know, um, the interesting thing is that non-performing loans have increased quite tremendously and then now the amount of loans that were actually restructured, I think were 54% of the yes. entirety of the loan is yes. now. Of course, the hope is that majority of these restructured loans that it would be uh, better. Like a lot of these companies will re- and the individuals will recover, etc. However, that may not be the case. I see prudence on the part of the banks, uh, especially the ones that really took uh, large loan loss provisions, uh, preparing for the inevitable, quote unquote. And so, in that particular regard, I think the worst may be behind us uh, with regard to the banking sector. And yeah, while earnings I know will be significantly lower, um, a lot of them have issued profit warnings. Going forward, the banking sector is uh, really undervalued. You find um, 
certain banks trading at at or at par or below their book value so okay. yeah those are good prospects going forward and you know with some of the banks especially expanding even beyond Kenya i think going forward there'll be a good recovery interesting guys um i don't know maybe if there's any other sector you guys would want to look into um I know I know there's also been a little bit of activity on the manufacturing sector but then last time we say Davis would mention something on the energy sector Davis what's your finding on KPLC do you, do you call shots um, or do you think we need to exit that company um, once again remember the disclaimer guys this is not an opinion to buy this is just a discussion we're having for information purposes Davis yeah um, KPLC has a myriad of problems actually that may be, but don't quote me anywhere. That may be one of the reasons why they have delayed the results a bit, or bit they're saying that you know they've taken on a new auditor. Um, unfortunately, with regard to the expansion process, you know, uh, Kenya has actually had one of the fastest growths in um, customers in the entire world with regard to connectivity to the national grid, which has been a good thing and it's been in line with the government's plan, plans of expansion, etc. Possibly Vision 2030. Unfortunately, this has come at a very huge cost. As we know, debt fuel expansion usually has bad results, especially when revenues are not sufficing. You know, while customers have gone up, uh, revenue per customer has actually gone down quite tremendously from, I think, a high of 46 shillings in roughly 2011-2012. I uh, need to look at my data. I'll have a report on the same. Um, it's actually reduced to somewhat below 20 at present, which is not a good thing. The only thing that um, will buffer KPLC, or the only thing that they're actually doing right now, is that they're getting moratoriums. Of course, they're renegotiating their loans, etc., because they're in breach of some of their covenants. Uh, a covenant is like um, a loan that is given to a company or an individual on the basis that they will keep up certain ratios, you know, for current ratio, etc. Now, KPLC has decimated their ratio. That's how badly it is trading at. For example, the current ratio is extremely low. Um, so all these factors, their debts, etc. At one point or another, they can't keep on, keep on kicking the can down the road. They will have to, you know, pay the piper in, in a sense. And so one of the things that I genuinely think must happen is an increase in electricity prices, uh, as they mentioned, by twenty percent. So yeah, that's the prospect on KPLC. The earnings, of course, will be bad. I think they'll announce a loss of roughly two billion, at least, if uh, we're not mistaken. Yeah, and then that is likely also to affect Kenjan. Kenjan, of course, is the one of the best companies. I mean, it's only trading at two times its earnings. Like, go and buy that company. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen guys call Kenjan a corporate enterprise. Uh, maybe next time we'll be able to 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 dive in into that. Um, so guys remember we always have to mention a few things regarding the global markets I, I don't know about you last week we saw commodities we saw oil gain we saw gold decline we're seeing a lot of activities happening on cryptos I, I don't know who to start with Eric you want to mention something on the global market interesting uh, across the global markets it's been quite a right I think from crypto to, to the energy markets I think on Talking on oil, uh, what's been happening, I think it was the OPEC meeting. Uh, I think the, uh, the, 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 the members agreed on a few deals which um, included, I think, some of them had, had, had cut their, the production. their production target, I think, yes. which was a good one, that raised prices. 
then uh, developments around the vaccine that's pushing uh, the, 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 the oil market up and then for me um, what's happening across the crypto uh, i think there was a boost from is it elon and the ceo of twitter <laughs> i think that was a good boost yeah. uh, i think uh, last week we saw uh, specifically bitcoin recover recover and hit the new highs that it had hit in january that's stopping i think around 41 for 21k yeah. that uh, and that it, it made some of these gains uh, it recovered some of these gains that it had lost over the last few weeks um, and then there's a new, not really a new, a new coin, but there's the Dodge coin. <laughs> the, 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 uh, some of these meme coins, I think, it's it's something interesting. The power of how just very few people can move can move the market through it and all that. Uh, and I think also across the market, we've seen uh, there was uh, some earnings releases across the global market. The big tech, some of these big corporations like Amazon. Yeah, all this releasing and and they were pretty impressive results. And looking at the likes of Alphabet, PayPal, eBay, uh, what I think uh, after releasing the earnings, their sharp their sharp prices uh, went up. See some of these opportunities that we really don't have locally, but uh, it's good to talk about them. Yeah. Uh, then in terms of uh, what's expected, I think uh, the US, uh, the US, uh, the the uh, the the Biden administration, I think, decided to go ahead with the with the the 1.9 stimulus package, and I think that's coming along very well because uh, they, they decided to go ahead even without the approval of the the what do you call them Republican, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, um, I think that's expected. That they had made some significant uh, progress in terms of the talks uh, that supposed. I think in the hopefully in the was it in, the, in this week or the second. Very, I think yeah, very soon we expect that to be passed, yeah. and that might push uh, that might might push uh, the U.S. markets even higher. And, and and I think from my thoughts is my thought is my, my view is that uh, imagine if this some of this cash gets into the hands of some of these retail traders, what happens to some of these new stocks like GameStop, Nokia, AMC, and the rest? <laughs> I think I think guys, guys are going global. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we really need to start thinking mm-hmm. from a global perspective on all our markets. I think it's going to be something very interesting um, in, in the near future area. Um, so I think that's something for global markets. Uh, not forgetting, let me just mention something on on the fixed income segment. We we we've seen a little bit of of an increase. Um, in terms of subscription on the on the bond market, um, I don't know if any of you has a comment on that. Um, in my opinion, I still think we're likely to see a little bit of our subscription on the, on, on 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 our fixed income segment at central bank, either on the treasury bill auctions and also with the with with the bond issuance. The previous week, I believe there was a primary that CBK had, had issued, and I I still think that as long as we we're likely to have even both local and foreign investors getting in onto the market because I believe that um, as, as, as our markets proceed over time we'll be able to see with, with global rates, interest rates be, uh, mainly on, on the global markets being flat 
um, or, or near zero rates and with our market being um, some of the most uh, lucrative in terms of investment we're likely to, st- to, to see uh, sort of like a, a rise and, 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 and a continued demand on, on, on our market yeah actually the bond market i don't know i don't know if you if you guys um, look at it on the same angle yes um so actually the, just though you mentioned nominal returns in foreign markets are you know zero point something that means real returns after inflation are negative so effectively it's like you're giving them <laughs> any yeah negative interest rates are a really interesting topic let's, uh, let's say that so yeah foreign um interest will continue uh, with regard to the bond market and also local as I believe um, banks and other institutions want to offset their risks from smaller borrowers uh, going forward as companies indeed continue to recover from the effects of COVID etc and so you know the government becomes the entity that is most sought after to give loans especially considering the infrastructure projects that are coming in and uh, a lot of those being uh, requiring a lot of debt, so I believe that will continue going forward. Uh, yeah, much it. All right, but I'm also seeing central bank is also trying to probably manage the rate at which these returns are being issued at the the, uh, the bonds and the bills. Because last week the 91-day bill, the average dropped uh, slightly to 6.87 from previous 6.90. The average interbank rate also declined a bit, around 21 basis points to 5.40 from 5.61. Um, so we're likely to see a little bit, though I still believe our fixed income market is going to be within the same range. Um, I think that's something to 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 to, to watch over. Uh, for today, probably where we leave Davis so that next time we still have him on board. I believe next time he has to mention something about negative interest rates. He's just mentioned something a bit on it. He said it's an interesting topic. I believe that it would be um, an interesting session to, an, inter- an interesting discussion to, to have him um, enlighten us on that. Uh, so that's it for today's podcast, everyone. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Remember, you can follow markets on Hisa. Download the Hisa app on your mobile phone. Uh, get a view of the markets. And very soon, uh, within the next few weeks, we'll probably be giving you guys an, a look on global markets. So that's something you really, really want to look into. Thank you all and have a lovely week ahead. Bye. Thank you. Bye.